With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another week. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As we talk uh, the world of sports with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, uh, Scott Dockerman, bottom of the hour from The Athletic. We will uh, talk Iowa with Doc. Uh, the uh, big win over Maryland on Friday. He was in attendance at Carver. I got to tip my cap to those folks who made it out to the uh, venue on Friday night. As as we think back over the weekend, just abysmal conditions and um, you know was was it a big crowd? No, but when you consider what was going on outside, uh, a hearty crowd made their way in and watched Iowa just dismantle the Terps. Boy, the road in the Big Ten. Some big names in the Big Ten have already fallen. Uh, the road has not been kind. 11 o'clock, Bama Bob, Trent, and I will take a good long look at the uh, championship game tonight. It's the Tigers and the Tigers, Clemson and LSU. We'll take a look at that at 11 and then 11.25. Uh, Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. Speaking of big wins... But this was a real big, necessary win as Iowa State knocks off Oklahoma before they head out on the road this week. But we'll recap uh, the convincing win over Lon Kruber's, at the time anyways, unbeaten in the conference. Oklahoma Sooners and the Cyclones really uh, never gave them a chance. Just a... Uh, a dominating performance out of a bunch of guys that were in different roles or certainly coming off the bench uh, at different times than they used to. Haven't even mentioned the crazy weekend in football. That was an all-timer yesterday with the uh, just a bananas game, Chiefs and the Texans. Unbelievable. Trent, how are you? I'm doing well. What a weekend it was. A surprising weekend in a lot of different aspects, both on the local venue and, of course, the number one seed in the AFC going down. The ridiculous comeback. It's been, uh, if you're in front of your television throughout the full mm. weekend, like I'm sure you were, I Ken was, Miller. Yes. It was a good one, and uh, luckily I was the same. Good time. Vikings fans I hung up with Saturday, hang out with Saturday, though, not too pleased with their team's performance. No, it was a no show, Trent, and that was kind of the, um, you know, that was one of the question marks I had. Did they, did they win their Super Bowl? Uh, in New Orleans the week before. And they certainly, look, um, the Niners were a rested football team, but so were the Ravens a rested football team, and it certainly didn't help them uh, on Saturday night. But they rested their guys in Week 17, and I'm convinced that is not the path that you take. And I would be... I would love to see if John Harbaugh has his Ravens in in a similar spot next year or the following year. You know, when there's nothing to play for in Week 17 and they clinch to buy, how will he handle that going forward? I venture to say differently. But the game yesterday, Trent. Look, I'll be perfectly honest with you. When Bill O'Brien, it's 24 to seven. By the way, 
Houston would have been better off missing the field goal. <laughs> 20, 21 zip. Uh-huh. You miss the field goal. They take over on the, what, 30-yard line or whatever. Instead of Hardeman, who injected life into A, the crowd, B, the sidelines, which I guess is C, the team as well. But this was a listless Chiefs team. Hardeman returns the ensuing kickoff after the field goal to make a 24 zip. A long return. Got uh, across uh, midfield, right? I believe they. I believe he set up shop. It wasn't right at midfield. It was just inside, um, uh, just inside Houston territory. Two plays later, Chiefs are in the end zone, twenty four seven. Then they get a stop. I had no problem with the fake field. I goal. don't either. I mean, you talk about revisionist history and how everyone's smarter after you see the play. Yeah. Sorensen made a hell of a play, it, incredible play. And he comes off and he's pointing at his head. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sorensen made a hell of a play. He yes, was pointing at Honey cap. Badger because I'm sure yes. Honey Badger must have said something to him. Watch a fake here. That had to be what it was. Okay. An absolute incredible, because that's who he's talking to. He's mm-hmm. talking to Tyron Matthew, and that's who he was pointing at his head with. A smart play, an incredible play in the open oh. field to make that one, because if he gets chipped there, not only is that a first down, that thing goes for 15, 20 yards. It's a, it's a long game, no doubt about that. And when he was when they were lining up to punt, I said out loud, I, watch for the fake here. Me too, because they had that shot from behind. And, he and kept he's moving, moving back, back and, and forth. forth. Yes. Absolutely. And something just felt fishy mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And they said in the broadcast, which I thought was perfect, if they do that right away, if they just snap it as soon as they get out there, uh, I think they do get that first down there. But because of that movement, that back and forth, it gave time to process. Something feels up here. Something feels fishy. Mm-hmm. You saw it. I saw it. I think mm-hmm. anybody watching saw Something felt different, and I think the camera angle actually had something to do with that, too, as he saw the up-back moving back and forth. Did he do that uh, because uh, the fact that he kicked the field goal? Look, it was a horrible spot in the <laughs> first was, place. Yep. Uh, I think it was a first down, or if not, he was inches short. That was a worse spot than the Packers Seahawks game. Yes, absolutely. The Jimmy Graham play. Absolutely. And the Jimmy Graham play, <laughs> you can't see it. No, you can't end that first down marker, the yellow line you see across the field, it's not official. No. That's not actually what the right. first down... And if you see where that first down line was compared to where the marker is, that was a half yard in front of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, his head his head hits where the marker was. And you know he's not carrying the football by his ear. Mm-hmm. But you, you just couldn't see. I, I agree with you 100%. But the... the, the um the spot in the Chiefs-Houston game was just egregious. And the fact that it wasn't stopped or the fact that nobody on Houston, they're not going to stop it. That's that's up to Houston at that point because mm-hmm. it wasn't a scoring player inside the final two minutes. That's up to Houston and Bill O'Brien to challenge that spot if he thought he did. Maybe he thought it was better off you know, saving these. But I just wonder if because of the fact that you know, he didn't give his team a chance to get the first down. Instead of maybe going up 28 nothing, they kicked the field goal, settled for 24. Did that predicate the the risk, the gamble of, of the fake punt? I loved the call. I just loved the call. He's going to win the game at that point, or trying to win the game. Um, but we'll never know. Sorensen made a hell of a play. Tip your cap to him. I uh, talked to a couple of people that had the Texans, not just uh, Texans plus Texan 10. money line? Texans money line. Another wow. one had them in a teaser. Well, you're up twenty four nothing. You're home free. No. You're already in a teaser. You're so getting, they're an getting additional what, fifteen or sixteen, 16 points. points. Sorry, yeah, not enough. No, I know. <laughs> no, I was feeling pretty good about my pick in the yes, game. I mean, twenty four nothing. You saw Mahomes too, and how on the sidelines he was mm-hmm. continuing to get his team yep. in it, keep his team in it. Right, and it, at twenty four nothing, it fell over. So of course I had to. Look at what the 
live wagering was doing during this. Mm-hmm. What were they getting? I looked at the first time after the Chiefs scored first. Their first time, 24-7. Mm-hmm. Take a shot what the number was. Chiefs. On the money line? On the money line. To come back and win the game at 24-7. Probably not as big as you would think. What was it? 2-1. to one, yeah. Plus 200. Yeah, I, I was, was going like, to say what? 240. So that's... Uh... Yeah. I mean, that was shocking. Uh-huh. They score that second time to make it 24-14. Mm-hmm. They were favored again. Isn't that and In fact, crazy? they were minus 135. They were favored at 24-14. 24-14. Well, all the, all the momentum in the building was clearly on the Chiefs' side at that oh. point. We saw what happened. The ensuing kickoff gets fumbled. Mm-hmm. and It was on, and it was certainly uh, over if you're a, a fan of the Texans. Uh, yeah, Bill O'Brien, look, I, I don't think... I, I think you should have challenged the spot. Uh, you, you get a demerit for that one, but as far as going for the uh, going for the fake punt, I have no problem whatsoever. So let's fast forward to the night game, where Pete Carroll, late in the football game, decided to punt the ball back to Green Bay. Now Russell Wilson had just been sacked on third down, right? So it was about the forty something, their own forty something yard line, but the sack took them back into say, I'll say the thirty five, might have been thirty six, might have been thirty four, mm-hmm. but they punted the ball, and as we would. Come to find out, they would run. They would never get the ball back. So I just wonder if, if Carroll um, goes for it. If Wilson wasn't sacked, setting up a long fourth down deep in your own territory because they never got the ball back. I mean, the the, the pass to Adams was an all timer for Aaron oh. Rodgers, just an all time. And he had a couple of those in the football game. He Aaron Rodgers was unbelievable. He looked like the old Aaron Rodgers. So did Russell Wilson, by the way. He did. Now dug themselves a hole, in, and I found a very interesting run of numbers in the playoffs. And Pete Carroll made the decision. They won the coin toss to begin the game. Oh, we'll take the ball in the mm-hmm. second half. Just how often they have fallen behind and fallen behind significantly in the playoffs as him as the head coach. That has been something that So going been, back over the years you're yes, talking about. This is something where historically they dig themselves holes. and well, I wish they would have in Super Bowl forty eight. <laughs> right. Dig themselves holes and are not able to come back. And a lot of their playoff losses are just that. Had the opportunity to take the football right away. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. What happens? They take themselves a hole and not enough to come back there. How about the drop? Was it Turner that had the drop on that on that drive that ended with the punt that you mentioned? Mm. It was right at midfield. It was uh, second and ten after there that. There were so many drops over the weekend. There really were. That yeah. was kind of Especially a Especially early in the Chiefs game yes. yesterday. All over the place. But mm-hmm. that was a big one there. They would have had the ball at midfield with three minutes left. I mean, they could have done basically whatever they wanted. That was a huge one. Missed opportunities, but when you're down, what was it, 18 at the half? Uh-huh. Yeah, that, these are the things that are going to happen. Two-point conversion play, too. How about that sack coming off the, Unbelievable. the blind side? Yes, just Wilson a never play. saw it. Yes. Never saw it come. Surprised young on to the football. Tip of the ball cap to Petten on that uh-huh. one. Uh-huh. That was really Yeah, he good. had it dialed up. That was an absolutely terrific play. Well, two of the three locals move on, so uh, we're certainly happy about that as we switch over to basketball from over the weekend. Let's do it uh, by the days of the week, and mm-hmm. we'll go back to Friday night, and we'll start with Iowa and Maryland. Trent. We had that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Everybody did. Look, it's just... You know, if you're betting these games, you have to factor in road in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. It's uncanny, the numbers. What is it, five losses total for for home teams this year? At, at home in, in conference in play? play? And there's it's been crazy. 40 games. It's crazy. And look at the team. I mean, Purdue, Trent. I watched Purdue last Sunday night. Look abysmal. They scored an historic low. They never scored fewer points in a Big Ten game than they did last a week ago last night. And beat Michigan. Not only beat Michigan State. They beat it by twenty nine. They crushed Michigan State. And Michigan Meanwhile, State looked uninterested. Gosh, I mean, what, what was what was up with with Winston in the, in the, yeah. in the basketball game? Trent, he was terrible. Xavier Tillman couldn't get going. It was, it was a, a whole bunch over, of yes. them. 
Uh, to the north of us. <laughs> I mean, Minnesota's okay. They're they're a middle of the pack team. Aturo was unstoppable in that game. I'm but still Friday baffled night, how bad Teske is as a defender. Did he end up fouling out? I think he did. I think he did foul out. He, he had four. I know when I was watching at one point. He yeah, he was bad. That team is bad be against big men mm-hmm. defensively. Just maybe there was a little something to uh, their defensive guru. Was it Yakinich that's down yeah. in Texas now? Yeah. Because they are bad defensively. That's a again. good point. Well, Iowa defensively was really good on Friday night for a long time. So was Joe Wieskamp. I mean, best game of the year out of Wieskamp, would you say? He, after just struggling to shoot the, shoot the basketball like he did on Tuesday night in Lincoln. Was it Tuesday or Monday? Whatever day it was in Lincoln. Tuesday, yep. Yeah, Tuesday night in Lincoln. Uh, what a difference three days make. I mean, I was going to say he couldn't miss. He did, but you get my point. He was unbelievable. Big shot after big shot. Guards is puking all night before, throughout the morning. Uh, he comes back, and none the worse for wear. Uh, didn't, you wouldn't even have known that he was experiencing the uh, bug that he apparently had um, between the Nebraska game and the Maryland game. But... I really like this Maryland team. Mm-hmm. Wiggins didn't score in the basketball game. A big, fat zero. He had nothing? Nothing. Cowan had nine. Smith got his, I mean, average-wise. Mm-hmm. He wasn't great by any means. He had 13. But Trent, it was just, it was a shellacking. A I- shellacking. Ayala, who we both really like, was terrible. Yes. I mean, he was just... And speaking of uninteresting, and I knew like you Maryland. bet Maryland because you sent a caustic tweet to me in the middle of the game. You're pissed off at Turgeon. Well, that guy. I mean, seriously, the, the game plan coming in. You saw what Iowa did Tuesday night at Nebraska. I get they're going to shoot better at home. They'll shoot better. You'd think at Carver. You're not going to be four of thirty three again. But to allow Iowa to get out and run to do the things that they do best, and this is your game plan after watching this team as poorly as they played against like Nebraska. They didn't scout the game trend. Exactly right. And that's my problem. That's continually my problem with Maryland. Boy, have they had talent over the last mm-hmm. decade mm-hmm. since Turgeon has been there. But what do they have to show for it? Mm. Absolutely nothing. I mean, no hardware, certainly, that is going to go there. And this is going to be a Maryland team that's still probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. Their talent's going to win most yeah. home games, and they'll win a couple on the road. Yep. And they'll be a 4-5 seed in the NCAA in tournament. They'll probably get knocked off in the first round by some mid-major. And, they because, and they'll underachieve when yes. you look back on the year with, yep. with the guys they had on the floor. But give the Hawks credit. Yeah. That was a terrific basketball game out of them. And Toussaint and McCaffrey both struggled to shoot. Um, how about Toussaint's block, though? Oh, After how he, big was that play? He was play? playing so poorly. Maryland finally yes. was making a yes. run. Yes, yes, yes. They had it at 8, I want to say, at the time, or I this was a chance to put it in. I put it in my notes. I'm gonna be, I want to find it, so I want to be accurate. Because it was... Toussaint had been pulled a couple of times. We saw that in the game against Cincinnati. 2.41 left, and he was pulled. Three turnovers, 2.41 in. Toussaint block, it's 47-36, 12.21 left in the second half. Massive. They were starting to make a little bit of a run. Mm-hmm. That was a complete... I don't know if it turned the game around or not, but it certainly snuffed out any momentum that Maryland seemingly had. Huge play on his part. And he got all ball. He did. This was not a missed call. You can see that athleticism. I mean, there's still a ton for him to work on in his yep. game. Not just shooting the basketball, but you know, adjusting speeds, that tempo kind mm-hmm. of thing as a point guard. He's going to have to learn those things, but at the very least, the Five pieces Five games are into in the Big Ten, you're, 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 you're pleased with that. No doubt, yeah. no doubt. Evelyn didn't play overly well, nope. but he hit one big mm-hmm. three-pointer just when they needed yes. it. These are the, the kind only of shot he plays. made, but you're right. Just it was when a big needed. one at yeah. that time. That's this team. Uh-huh. Individually, these players, there's some guys with some holes in their game. But if he can just make that moment, Toussaint make a defensive play, Evelyn mm-hmm. hit one three-pointer at the right time. This team can still eke out a 500 record in the Big Ten. They can still do sure. that 
even with their limitations. Got to win a world game, though, and mm-hmm. that's tomorrow night against Northwestern. Say that a whole bunch of about a whole lot of schools, yeah. Yes. And this Northwestern team, Colin said after the game that he's starting to see his come to, his team come together. I don't know who they beat over the weekend, but they had a win. It was did close. they beat Nebraska? Might have been. I think it was. Might have been. Yeah, it was Nebraska because Sipple was tweeting about it, and I follow Sip on Twitter. All right, let's fast forward to Saturday night, and boy, if a team ever needed a win, it was Iowa State mm-hmm. in the worst way. New lineup for the first time in a long time, right? Before the first time this year, the the fan base is clamoring when you can start Condit. Condit needs to start, so he does. Solomon Young comes off the bench. Your guy. It was your guy. It's Terrence Lewis, Mm -hmm. who lit a spark under that basketball team. I don't know what this means for him, because we've seen him light this fuse before, and then the very next game, well, sorry. He's back to where he always has been or spent most of his years so far. I think that has to change. I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jacobson's off the floor. Jacobson's only playing 15 minutes. Uh, Young, I think, played fewer minutes than that. He had some weird lineups on the floor at times. Nixon's only playing 20. Not weird lineups, different lineups. I shouldn't call them weird. They were different. It's not what we were used to. But you know what? We saw some production. And this isn't a bad Oklahoma team. This is a team that, mm-hmm. yes, they've beaten the dregs of the Big 12. But that's where Iowa State resided in until Saturday night. They came in and never gave the Sooners a chance. As Prohm said after the game, they had a great game plan for Doolittle. I mean, you've got to stop that guy, mm-hmm. and they did. Manic got his. The enemy was, eh. uh, it, it was just a complete game out of Iowa State, and it was really nice to see as they head on the roads of the state of Texas, and it won't be easy. It will not be. you got Baylor and Texas mm-hmm. Tech coming up. Two teams, I mean, speaking of Baylor, Oof. finally get a win in Throttle, Lawrence Kansas. for the first time. I watched was that a Saturday? Lot of that game. Yeah, it was, it was yep. yeah, before uh, the playoff games mm-hmm. began, and a very impressive performance out of that Baylor squad. But back to the Oklahoma game, it was those hustle plays, that effort that you want to see, yeah. because I've maintained, I think there's enough talent on this team that they can be a team up there, certainly in the middle of the pack, you know, fighting to get to nine, ten wins in the conference. I think the talent is there. You saw Bolton start to figure it out a little bit. Of course, Halliburton played so much better than he did against Kansas. That's going to help. How about overall. his shot at the end of the half, that long three yeah. at, at, at uh, the buzzer. They right need between that. the S and the T. But the offensive rebounds, I think they had 12 offensive rebounds uh, in the game. Let me look. I got it in front of me here. They had, they finished with 12, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just those kind of effort plays. That's what they need to play with mm-hmm. because they're not uber talented. They didn't just go out there, roll out the ball, and they're going to beat everybody. No, but you know who's come on in the last couple of games? Really, since... Uh, uh, the the um, Well, certainly since the beginning of Big 12 play, Bolton. Yes, he has. Bolton's yeah. been really good. And he's a guy that needs to... He's probably got to be in that... 16 to 18 point range? I think so. And I mean, he had 23, which obviously you'll take, mm-hmm. but uh, th- he's starting to look like the guy that we were touting because we yes. watched him play as a freshman last year at Penn State. Trey Jackson really good again? Yes, Jackson was good at a couple of big shots, mm-hmm. played a little defense in the basketball game. What did he finish? He had double digits, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he did. He finished with 12. 12 and 5. 12 and 5. Good game out of him. Um, yeah, got a good game out of a lot of guys, right? Your yes. guy, your guy, Lewis. Grill, mm. You Not know, quite I, ready. I don't think so either. And I bought stock in him as I as I passed on the Jackson stock earlier this year when we were talking about the two freshmen. Jackson's the uh, um, Jackson's off to a better start in his career. Grill made a basket when I think it was underneath. They was wide open underneath the basket and fed him for uh, a late bucket late. But a big big win for Iowa State. Good for the fan base who no surprise showed up in mass again uh, despite the fact the team was going through the um, uh, the stretch that they were. It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're going to show up next seven games are I ridiculous. It's not fair. We it's mentioned the two fair. road games this week at Baylor. Now they catch a big they catch a break uh the their next time they're home, right? Yes. 
Okay, go ahead. Go run through them. Do you want me to do it? You got at Baylor at Texas Tech. Yeah. Home for Oklahoma State. All right, there's your layup. Mm-hmm. There's a game you should dominate. Mm-hmm. After that, go to Auburn. Yeah, they're unbeaten and maybe the top three team in the country. Uh, maybe number one team in the country. They might be number one. You get them for the second yep. time in a couple of weeks. Then you go on the road again for mm. a two-pack of games at Texas and at West Virginia. Mm. Mountaineers playing at a very, very high level also. So are, are we into February by now? That's through February 5th. Best case so, scenario. Well, let's do January. Okay. So how many games left in January? Five. Six, five. Okay, five in January. Okay, Oklahoma State's got to have. That's one. What's the other one you steal? Baylor at home? Well, you get, so so Baylor will be done by the end of this month, right? Yes. <laughs> Baylor's the best team in the country. At Texas Tech? Mm. Texas Tech's looking a little shaky again. Yeah. Um, mm. I mean, those I mean are, you have to get you have to find a second win. You do, no doubt. And I'd rather and I'd rather be in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Trent. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's the difficult nature of this mm-hmm. thing. It eases up as you get deeper into play. Well, that's the good news. They can make some hay maybe late. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Make a run, get yourself six seed. And then the magic of Kansas City comes back again, right? Well, it's been there before. No doubt. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the Valley, meanwhile, what a win for the uh, Panthers. Green oh. was unbelievable. Most State was picked to win it. Um, that team has not figured it out. No, they haven't. I mean, Northern Iowa did. And Drake falls to Valpo, right? I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Drake game on, when do they play? Thursday? I think it's Thursday. So it is against on, Illinois State. Yeah, ESPN Plus has that one. So if you've um, you know, paid your five bucks a month to watch something, uh, you'll be able to find that one on ESPN Plus on Thursday. Panthers, though, favorite in the MVC, I think, solidly yeah, I think down so. yep. after that, that loss to Illinois State. They got out big early, mm-hmm. lost it late. A team you shouldn't lose to if you're going to win a regular season crown, but it happened. But since then, they bounced back. Going down to Springfield, not just winning, but winning in that fashion, highly impressive. Green, I mean, he has taken his game to another level. We saw it last year. They ran basically everything through him, and he wasn't quite ready as a freshman. I was going to say, he wasn't ready for the that responsibility, I didn't think. But he certainly is now. Yeah, yeah. His, his shooting numbers are a lot better than what we saw a year ago. They're getting help all over the place. You know, Haldeman's been hurt. He's coming back, but they've gotten a lot of different guys out there. And Burhau continues to hit 50% of his threes. Take that. You're going to be in really good shape. Five, he is ultra-important, though. If this team is going to win the regular season crown and put themselves in position to arch madness, they need to have fight because they got the other big behind him, Justin Dahl, the seven-footer, but he's probably good for, what, 15 minutes a game, something in that stretch. Mm -hmm. They need him, Fife out there, 25 to 30 minutes a game. And he's playing at that level, staying out of foul trouble, really playing at a high level and making the rest of that team be able to go one big, four guards, and they're playing at a high level. Uh, just a real quick a couple, of, a couple of notes because I want to find time for these. Uh, uh, did you see the report um, on Tony Romo that apparently ESPN and Monday Night Football are going to write a check somewhere between 10 and 14? Well, if ESPN let that out of the bag, I'm guessing Romo's agent seen that report and he's going to ask for the 14 if that's on the day. But Trent, 10, 14 million dollars a year for Tony Romo for Monday. Now look, it the, the the product needs a it needs something. It needs an influx of talent. Did you see the Jeopardy, by the way, television ratings? The th- and I haven't watched a minute of The Goat. What do they call it? The greatest of all yes, time? Yes, yep. Um, the three episodes of that that they've, that they've aired so far beat all but one Monday night football telecast ratings-wise this year. Really? 
The greatest of all time is killing it. I think it was the Niners Seahawks was the only Monday night game that's done a better reading, better rating than the Jeopardy greatest of all time. So, I mean, Booger. I like Booger. I like him but as that, an analyst in a studio. That's going to say. Yeah. That's where he was good. The, on the SEC network. Yes. Mm-hmm. It didn't work for him here. No. It, it just. And Tessator. Hmm. Never been my guy. Nope. And I don't know. It just He made too many moments that weren't big. Try to make them feel bigger than yeah. they actually were. It's kind of that Gus Johnson. A lot of people don't like Gus I'm, Johnson I'm, because I'm of that. part of that club, yeah. Test takes it to another level, though. Oh, what a play. Gain of four. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> relax. Let, let it Greatest gain of four of all times, though. Apparently, uh, <laughs> they will be the crew, though, that calls the Super Bowl in Australia. So uh, for our Aussie friends out there, enjoy they one got last enough, call. they got enough problems they, they, in, they do, in that yeah. country. My God. Um, the other note to, is, it's a baseball note, but it's, since the Cardinals are KX and O's team, and it's not a done deal, and it may not happen, mm-hmm. but Nolan Arenado is... The rumor is that he's going to be a St. Louis Cardinal. So what kind of package is it going to be? Well, it's got to be a massive, I would think. Although, yeah. does it? Because the Rockies have been, they've been made it pretty well known that they're moving their best player. And one of the best players in the game, quite frankly. So what is it with them? Are they just waving the towel? And I don't want to talk about Rockies baseball. It must be something financial, though, where they realize, look, we're in a rebuilding phase. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The field has been packed on during this last couple of years. Yeah, I've just looking at maybe at the roster, or, you know what what they are minor league wise, and they know our window is not open right now. Mm-hmm. And, and well, mid market teams—that's the way you have to play. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. when the window is not there, sell off pieces. The Yankees did that famously three years ago, realizing that their window wasn't there. They're still the Yankees; they're still pretty good, but in comparison to what they're the farm system, and that's what you do. And that mm-hmm. has to be what the Rockies are thinking right now to go that route. Love it. And does that mean that they won't re-sign Ozuna? Well, he's still out there. He, he is. He, I mean, and he wants to go back to St. Louis in, in a big way. So, all right, we will see. Miller and Condon taking you up until noon. Uh, Scott Dockerman is going to join the program next. He wrote a really good piece at The Athletic on, on football, but he covered the basketball game, so we'll double-dip Doc on that. Bama Trent and I will take a look at Clemson LSU tonight. Uh, excited about that football game. Numbers come down. It's about five now. Yes. I just can't get past the fact that the Clemson hasn't lost, what do they got, 28 in a row or something like that? I believe like that's that? right, yeah. And, and they're getting points. More than a field goal. More than a field goal. And I love LSU secondary, but mm-hmm. I think you can run the football on them. Well, we'll save that for 11 o'clock. Let's do this right now. It's time to help somebody pay their bills with iHeartRadio and 1460KXNO. Text the keyword BALL. To 200, 200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. That's ball, B A L L, to 200, 200. Miller and Condon. Confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. You did get me. But we'll be back after this. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. We'll do better in hour number two on that. Uh, The keyword coming up about 1125 in hour number two. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Sports Station, 1460 KX, and also Pro Football Focus on their Twitter. They've got a stop the gift. You know those things where you fast forward it or you stop it? And yep. It, 
you know, the four teams that are going to play in the national championship game next year, blah, 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 right? We're starting to see a lot of these. So the one today that was uh, that I just came across on Twitter, um, stop the gif and tell us where Tom Brady plays in 2020. Yes. I did it? Yep. Is, is Scott Dockerman a Bears fan? He is. He is too. Uh, so, Doc, I just stopped it. Um, Brady's a Bear, according to my Twitter. How about that? Well, thank yeah, if that's the case, I don't see Ryan Pace being the general manager there. So <laughs> I uh, that would be outstanding, but I I can't imagine they would do anything that smart. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, and, and for what it's worth, I, well, Trent, you just tweeted it too. Did you I do did, the same yeah, thing? That's where it stopped for me. That's crazy. He looks weird in a Bears uniform. Yeah, it's but crazy. I take it. Indeed, you would. All right, let's uh, let's get to the here and now, boy. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Doc, let's go back to Friday, and I do want to spend some time on your uh, latest piece at the Athletic, uh, the numbers game, one hundred stats to know about the 2019 Iowa football season that had to take you a lot of time but we'll save we'll save that for a minute back to Friday night what was the score was it 15 to 10 I think it was 15 to 10 Maryland at one point and then the floodgates opened Doc what a performance out of the Hawks and what a difference a couple of days makes right Wieskamp can't make a shot to save his life over in Lincoln gets in front of the home folks uh, at Carver uh, and seemingly couldn't miss what a terrific shooting performance out of him yeah, it's, it was amazing, you know, to see what he was able to do and and uh, to see what Iowa was able to do. I mean, Maryland looked, you know, Maryland has a, a weird team because I think they're really talented, yet they they fall apart sometimes on the road. And, and in this case, this is the first time that they didn't hit 50 in a Big Ten game since they joined the league hmm. of all places at Iowa. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, these camp. One of ten at, at Nebraska. I mean, they were four of thirty-three there, and yet to come out and for him to, to play like the player we expected him to be—a potential Big Ten first-teamer. Uh, it was impressive. And then, uh, you know, and Luca Garza, you know, sick, throwing up, had yep. the flu or whatever, and and yet, you know, just another double-double. You know, it seems to be part of the uh, part of our expectation for him. So I do think this was a really. Uh, an impressive game for Iowa, one that they desperately needed, and and one that I think uh, can propel them to uh, you know throughout this week. About uh, certainly defending home floor, and after the game uh, Thursday, uh, what Tuesday? Excuse me, against Northwestern, it'll be three straight in Carver Hawkeye Arena. You know, this team, the way that they've been depleted because of injury, certainly not what people expected to see out there on the floor this year. But Joe Wieskamp, they need him to play at a high level. And for the first time in a while, certainly felt like that, not just shooting the ball well, getting to the rim, doing the things that he can offensively, but I thought you really saw emotion, something you normally don't see out of Joe Wieskamp. He was impressive. Um, and I think this was a this was a game that I know that he talked about, I know that the players talked about is. Just being vital to this team after losing two winnable games, both of which were on the road or road environments, and coming back here, and they knew that they needed to give Maryland a great shot. You know, this was a team that you know was ranked 12th in the country. It was on their home floor. They barely had been there, and it seemed like in all season. So to come out and play the way they did uh, was was something that they wanted to do. And then Joe Wieskamp, whether it was emotion or just um, you know playing the way he's supposed to play, I mean, it really. Uh, it was really impressive. Yeah, no doubt about that. Scott Dockerman is our guest. Doc, I want to go back to um, to Garza for just a second. And where I'm where I'm going here is I'm not looking forward to next year because I'm blowing off this year. I'm not. I think the Hawks still have a lot to play for. I do. But what what's Garza's? I guess 
Um, what what's his NBA potential look like to you? He's I mean, he's, look, the numbers he's putting up this year, uh, are, you, you can't ignore him, right? I mean, people are taking notice. He's going to get some postseason recognition, you would think. I don't know how high he can fly once he gets to that. But he still seemingly is, you know, he's not the quickest dude out there. How does his game... His size certainly translates to the next level, but do you think he's going to have a decision to make pursuant to leaving eligibility on the table after this season? I think he does, but I, I think it's a, it's an interesting quandary for him because, you know, you look at, and, and it's so early, but, you know, preseason draft boards, you know, what, what it shakes out. And I know, you know, our guy, and Sam, he put one together, and, and Garza's is not on the top 60. So you know, if nothing else, maybe he sneaks into the bottom of the second round. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's such a weird dynamic when you start talking about NBA because you have to have an elite skill set. Right. I mean, it's it's really upper level. And, and does he have that at the next level? I don't know. I, I It doesn't appear to be that he can be the best center in the NBA. He doesn't have, you know, monstrously long arms or, you know, is, is quick in this one specific way. So. I, but I do wonder, you know, his, his background in Europe, uh, you know, his dad played in Europe, his mom's from Bosnia, you know, I wonder if that's, you know, something that he could do and do professionally and make a lot of money at. I, sure, I certainly believe so over there. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure he and Wieskamp both will, will go through that process. Uh, and it's been a great one, I think, for basketball players to go through, to do workouts, to meet NBA people have them tell them what they can and can't do, and then be able to make an educated decision. I think football players should be allowed to do something like that as well. Uh, so I, I imagine he'll go through that, and it'll be a tough process, but it'd be too early for me to predict what he might end up doing. Big Ten as a whole, as you look around, Michigan State, they're the favorite, as they should be. They get beat by 29. Maryland gets beat by 19 by Iowa on Friday night. Road victories are incredibly difficult. Are we on the path here? Maybe Michigan State does separate themselves, but we're going to see 8, 9, 10, 11 teams sitting there somewhere between 11 to 9 and 9 and 11 in conference play? Could be. Uh, I think we will see a lot of it. I mean, we mm-hmm. it was weird. You know, the first weekend, we just we all kind of marveled that, hey, here here they go. There's, uh, uh, you know, 12 out of the 14 teams are 1-1, are one and, one. and it's kind of a novelty to some extent. But, I mean, here we are. We We've got ranked teams like Michigan and Ohio State sitting at two and three and and one and four. You know, you've got um, Iowa, which is is won some big games. You know, two and three, and then Michigan State is really the only one that's kind of separated themselves. But as you mentioned, they go to Purdue and get annihilated yesterday. And and uh, you know, you see Northwestern beating Indiana. You see Illinois kind of sticking its head up. There's so many decent teams in this league. That it's going to be, it's really going to be strange. I mean, Ohio State going to Minnesota. Ohio State's one and four, and they're ranked what is highest third at some mm-hmm. point in the country. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a wild league. I don't think we're going to be able to predict much other than teams are going to struggle on the road, um, and I think it's going to get worse as the students start to get back for for these teams. So, I, I think you're going to see a sizable amount of teams, probably as many as eight or nine, and in between twelve and eight wins. It's going to be. Really incredible to watch. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is our guest. Doc, uh, Toussaint's uh, really his game Friday night. I mean, three turnovers in the first couple of minutes. He's put back on the bench. But yet, I thought that his block, 12 and a half minutes left in the in the basketball game, Maryland's cut it to 11. They looked as though they were about to cut it to single digits. And out of nowhere, Toussaint blocks the basketball and got all ball. This wasn't a foul. I thought that was as big a play 
as there was in the game. Is that crazy to say that that block with Toussaint up did double digits uh, had had as big of an impact on the basketball game as I perceived that it did? Well, yeah, there were a lot of moments I thought in that game that you know was kind of in that boat where it was you know it really could have shaken out. And and, and uh, Maryland has done this before where you've seen them you know trail on the road and then kind of come back and and put themselves in position to, to take the lead. And I think Iowa could have allowed that to happen. But, uh, you know, I think he's an impressive player. Um, you know, he's got a lot of growing pains to do. I, I think you're going to see him, you know, have some good games and bad. A lot of a lot of times I think he gets too going too fast. He needs to be a little more under control. But but defensively he plays hard. And he's, he's got an athletic skill set that you don't you haven't seen in Iowa for quite a while. So, I think he's really an important player for this team, obviously, right now, especially with them being depleted. And I think he could be a, you know, a difference maker in some of these games, and he proved it the other night. Scott Jockderman joining us from The Athletic as we talk some Iowa basketball. We'll get to football here in a moment. You mentioned this group. One guy we didn't mention that is anticipated back at some point is C.J. Frederick has a stress fracture or some game I was watching over the weekend. They said uh, the player had the same kind of injury. It was a stress fracture. They were out for three weeks. What are you hearing at all about Frederick, the injury, and any anticipation when he could be back on the hardwood? Yeah, it's a stress reaction. You know, a fracture might you know be a little longer, but the stress reaction is similar to what I think you saw with Mike Gazelle in his first year. Um, it's a painful injury it's one that really only rest is able to take care of so that's that's always a, a tough dynamic for teams and, and for players who you know it's like hey if you just kind of get it to this point i go out there and play well you really have to rest it he's been in a walking boot um he didn't play the other day obviously i, I wouldn't anticipate him playing tuesday but it's really it's really unpredictable because if you go out there and you play on it it can really affect you the opposite way, and that's the worst possible outcome for Iowa, which is, okay, not let him play in Northwestern, have him play in Michigan, and eight minutes into the game, you know, it, he has incredible pain and he's out again. You know, so it, it's a, a tough spot for Iowa. They could really use him. I think they really needed him the other night against Nebraska, uh, you know, when they were 4 33 from shooting from three. If uh, Frederick was on the floor, you've got to think that he, they would have hit a couple threes. Maybe they pull that game out. So uh, it's—I don't know what the timetable is. It's, it's kind of day to day, you know, every couple of days or so. Uh, but I think we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I would give them probably another week before you'll probably see them. You know, inch closer to being out there on the floor. Yeah, Rob Howe, Hawkeye Nation just tweeted he shot a little bit on Sunday, did some things at practice, not a lot, and they're going to see how he comes back. Still day to day is what they're calling it. Doc, your piece of the Athletic on football uh, it was posted. Uh, was it posted yesterday? I think it was posted yesterday, but still up there uh, here today. A hundred stats to know regarding the 2019 Hawkeye football and an eye towards next season. How long did that take you to come up with that, uh, those those little nuggets there? Scott Dockerman. That seems like a lengthy exercise to me. I, I'm i pretty meticulous when it comes to stat taking, especially not necessarily obscure ones, but ones that aren't, um, you know, you don't get every week in the, the stat book. So I, I kind of compiled a lot of these throughout the course of the year. So I probably had 50 to 60 already on hand, things I already knew about. But then some of the other ones, it took a long time. And, and it, it took me several hours to write that, probably 10 hours total. Um, and going through things like uh, personnel groupings, um, I'm, I was always I'm always fascinated by personnel groupings. How many times they use three wide receivers versus 
two tight ends and what have you. I, that took me quite a while. And, uh, yeah, and then just kind of going through the tight end numbers. That was probably the most fascinating part for me because when you look at, like, Nate Stanley, uh, going into this year, he had, I believe it was 35 red zone touchdowns and only one interception. And then this year he had 10. Well, none of them were the tight end, whereas in the year before, I think it was like 20. So it's just, uh, you know, those numbers really took a long time to, to compile. So as you go through those numbers and you speak of the tight end position, wide receiver is going to be stacked again next year. You saw the emergence of Laporta. Last recruiting cycle, they brought in a bunch of tight ends. Laporta was kind of the forgotten of the group. Me and Min, I think, is the one most people anticipated would see the field this year. He'll be available next year as a redshirt freshman. They're bringing in a couple again this year. What is the tight end position as you look forward to 2020? First of all, you've got to look at Laporta. I mean, he had an incredible late-season push. Uh, you know, he had six uh, team-high six catches in the Holiday Bowl. That was really impressive. And then you look at what... Uh, uh, you know, you know, across the board when you got Sean Byer, I think he, you know, this was his first extended action. It was it was kind of up and down, but I think he'll be a better player. And then you know, Elijah Gilbertson is a player that I think is going to step right in. He's coming in in the spring. He's an early enrollee. He played at Trinity and in the Dallas area, Deion Sanders All Star team basically. <laughs> and I, I think he'll end up coming in and competing right away and, and probably seeing a lot of time. I mean, this was the dip year in that. I mean, I don't think they expected to lose both tight ends uh, after three years, but they did. So, you know, I think they, they survived it. And next year they're going to be better for it because Sam Laporta reminds me a lot of TJ Hawkinson. Uh, you know, he's just got to get mm. bigger, and that's what this period of time is all about. Yeah, indeed. That's a, that's a scary thought. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic Doc, before we get you out of here, who do you like tonight? i got to go with LSU. Um, okay. Clemson. Clemson's been great um, for 25 games or whatever it is that that uh, you know Trevor Lawrence has won in a row, mm-hmm. but I do think this is this is LSU's time. But Joe Burrow's been fantastic. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, well, I hope it's going to be. I hope that the curtain falls with a thriller, and I think it's got a chance to do just that. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic Doc, thank you. Appreciate it. We will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks. Have a good one. Yeah, you do the same. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. That Frederick Nugget, uh, Mm -hmm. that came from Fran McCaffrey, his teleconference. Oh, okay. Good deal. I guess the teleconference is, you know, was underway this morning. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, uh, McCaffrey, Frederick. Shot the ball a little bit yesterday. Did some things at practice, whatever that means. Not a lot. (laughs) Uh, We're going to see how things go tomorrow being Tuesday, still day today. But uh, it, it seems like. It's a couple more weeks. A week for sure. That would probably make a whole lot of sense. Maybe get him back for Wisconsin game. It's funny though, right? I mean, that was such a big talker, but then uh, you know the, the the win and the way they did it completely changes the flow of the conversation. Not that he's an afterthought, but he right. was a big talking point when the team's not uh, wasn't playing well, and they need him back as soon as they can. Find a way to beat Northwestern. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. No style points. Just get mm-hmm. a road win. Beat Michigan. Very winnable. Absolutely game. winnable. Wolverines game. are going the wrong way. They have not mm-hmm. looked like the team we saw in November. Nope. Rutgers, that's a coin flip. It is a coin flip. Even in Carver, that's a coin yeah, flip. Yeah, that's a tough game. That, they will get out and guard yeah. you. They lost to Wisconsin, but I thought they looked. I mean, you know, this Wisconsin so team is one of those teams that's better than we thought. Yeah. But you have to beat Wisconsin. If you could take mm-hmm. between Rutgers and Wisconsin, those two, maybe it's just because I've seen what the Badgers have been the last two decades, both football and basketball wise. I think you'd take a Badger win just because they're so yeah, rare. Yeah. They're few and far between and get a win against them, which is a weird Monday game. Really? 
What's the? I'll take it. Big Monday coming to. Uh, no, I don't think they've got I don't it. Think I so? I, I looked at the television slate. For, is that a BTN game? It must be right. That is on Monday, January twenty seventh. Okay. Big Monday's here again. And when who's got the TV covers? Does it say? It doesn't here. I'm looking at the. Uh, duh, duh, duh. I was looking at Ken Palm. They don't have the TV listings there. Somebody, yeah, I've got it right here. Uh, Monday, the Big Ten, Big Ten Network, seven thirty. Weird. Yep, BTN. In fact, the Big Ten Network is the only Big Ten Network's got a bunch of them. They don't have Michigan on Friday. I'm sure that'll be Brando and company. Mm-hmm. And then the Big Ten Network's got the next three back to FSN. It's FSN or BTN, with the exception of two TBAs, the Ohio State game at Carver and the Michigan State Road. Those are both uh, ESPN or ESPN2 games. Is that what they'll be? Yep. We'll come back, finish the hour. Some really good television over the weekend um, that I want to bring up because it's something we've never seen before, right? And that's two guys being told that they're in the Hall of Fame, and I thought Ah. it was great television for both of them. We'll talk about that when we come back. So we take you until noon. It's Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 14th. Get hope. HopeLawFirm.com. Hi, right, welcome back, Miller and Con in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Take you up until noon. Bama Trent and I will preview the national championship game at 11. Iowa State conversation with Alex Halstead about 11.25, 247sportscycloneallert.com. Well, we saw something uh, over the weekend, Trent, um, that we'd never seen before. We'd seen Dan Baker show up at hotel doors. You know how big that dude is? I didn't no. realize this. 6'9", 400 pounds. The curator, whatever you call him, of the Hall of Fame, uh-huh. the guy that's in charge that lets the play, knocks on the hotel room door, and if you get that knock, you know he's outside of it if, uh, to let you know you've made it in. But he showed up on the set of the uh, CBS uh, pre- and post-game show, and likewise with Fox yesterday. Uh, but first of all, it was Bill Cower getting the nod on on Saturday. I don't know why there's a run on coaches. There must be some special anniversary that they're trying to catch up with Hall of Fame bids. There must be more to it because mm-hmm. I thought the announcement was it's the week it's the Saturday before the Super Bowl. Well, that, tomorrow's not the Super Bowl, right. but for, for whatever reason, um, so Cower goes in, and the yesterday Jimmy Johnson, and I think they're both deserved. But where I want to go with you is, you know, I, Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys mm-hmm. and he owns the building, and I guess if you're in his spot, you can do what you damn well please, sure. right? But how Jimmy Johnson's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I'm not a Cowboys fan, and he's not in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. Oh, I mean, that's really? that's petty. I didn't even realize. Yeah, that's that. personality there, Jerry. Get over it. You know what he did for your franchise. I'm speaking of what Jimmy Johnson did. You know, with uh, with taking Troy Aikman and those guys, and and walking into a meeting room and to get the team's attention, he cut a guy. You know, <laughs> just cut him yeah. for no apparent reason. He's not going to cut Emma Smith or Aikman or or uh, Michael Irvin. None of those guys. Novacek. He's going to pick somebody and just cut him. Um, but he was such a great coach, and I think they both deserve to go in. But, man, oh, man, come on, Jerry Jones, get over yourself. You know, uh, I did not see the Cower one live. Mm-hmm. I saw it on Twitter, of course, afterwards as everybody was retweeting it and everything, and it was cool. Yeah. But I did see the so Jimmy Johnson one live yesterday. And likewise, I didn't see the Cower one live either. And you knew it was going to happen. See, I didn't. You didn't. Well, I knew that they were all lined up, and, and, and Jimmy Johnson was at the very end, and he had all that beef in front of him, right? Right. 
And then the door opens up, and, and I, I mean, maybe he knew it was coming, but most thought it was going to happen in the pregame show, that they wouldn't take time away from analyzing what they'd saw in the first half. And that's what they did, and I'm glad they did. Sure. It, uh, it got me, though. Yeah, me too. I, I, me too. Didn't think it would. I'm not a yeah. Jimmy Johnson fan. I'm not a Cowboys fan. Right. Not a Dolphins fan. I had a tear in my eye. It was good. Yeah, it was. It was very good. And then watching Troy Aikman, you know, watching yeah, cool. watching uh, uh, on his monitor, I guess, what's unfolding on the Fox set. It was really good. It was really good TV mm-hmm. for both of them. Um, there's still some guys that probably, if those two guys are in, well, why isn't A, B, and C? Sure. You can always play that game. All right, Bama Trent and I will take a long look at the Natty tonight. Uh, coming up, and then uh, Alex Halstead. Is Mr. Monday Night going to make an appearance on this game tonight? Well, he's already made his pick on our Friday picks. Mm. We'll see if I double down. Uh, we'll come back 11 o'clock hour next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.